Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Whoa, whoa. WrestleMania Smackdown. Yes, it's a Smackdown review podcast for WrestleMania Smackdown. And your face is looking very confused at me right now. <laughs> I nearly choked on my protein bar then, Phil. We've got a history of you surprising me on these podcasts and me nearly dying. It nearly happened on WrestleMania weekend. What the hell, man? WrestleMania weekend. And yeah, <laughs> right. it was the go-home show for SmackDown to WrestleMania last night. And it was a pretty good show, all things considered. But before we get into it... Uh, make sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever it is that you get your podcast from. Because we do daily wrestling podcasts. We do wrestling podcasts about Raw, wrestling podcasts about SmackDown, wrestling podcasts about NXT, wrestling podcasts about AEW, wrestling podcasts that we ta- can't talk about the AEW the Wednesday Night Wars anymore because that doesn't work. So we do wrestling podcasts that are interviews, wrestling podcasts that are roundtable discussions, and wrestling podcasts that are run at the week's complete with bloody good quizzes, of course. It's going to take a long time to get used to not saying the Wednesday Night War. That's so inconsiderate of the <laughs> I know, right? That's just, Bastards. yeah, that's really annoying me. All this time. Uh, but yeah, like I say, it was the go-home show for WrestleMania. And when you compare go-home shows for your biggest show of the year, and you look at what they did on Raw, and then you look at what they did on SmackDown, it's a wonder how these two shows are made by the same company. <laughs> yeah, and it's a wonder how one of them's technically seen as the flagship and like the, the yeah. baby of the company, the one that we really look after and make sure it gets all the spotlight and all the big stars, and the other one's seemingly the one that is like the little horse that could. And yeah. that's the one that's just, it's dragging this car. It is sprinting forward with this WrestleMania on its back and it's just picked up all this momentum because Raw was, I don't know what Raw was doing. It was just doing donuts in the middle of a car park somewhere. It was, it was just, <laughs> I think Raw was that crap, I'm sorry, in terms of build. Like it was, there was some good stuff on Raw, there always is, but that like it was just in terms of getting us hyped for WrestleMania, it was that bad. They had to put things on this SmackDown to hype up Raw. <laughs> to try and like ride on the coattails of the goodwill of this SmackDown. They were like, okay, let's just mention The Fiend and Randy Orton. <laughs> it was like, no, you had this chance. You, you had a Monday, you had three hours and you're just invading my Fox show. It annoyed me, Phil. Yeah, ridiculous. They had that and then they had one for Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre as well because they couldn't do that on one. And then they obviously had the women's tag team division with Raw Superstars. We'll get to that though because yeah, that was a whole thing. Um, but yeah, like it was based, obviously this entire show was designed to sell WrestleMania because they haven't had like two months since the Royal Rumble to do it. <laughs> so they have to do it all in the very last two hours they can possibly fit in before WrestleMania. But by howdy did it work, especially the main event stuff, which we'll get to individually because all three of them came out and cut fantastic promos. And it, yeah, the show started with Daniel Bryan and he was in the ring and he was basically talking about how he's super excited for WrestleMania. He's excited to see the set. He's excited to smell the pyro, feel the air, hear the crowd. Um, Cause finally, obviously getting the crowds back. Um, and then he went on to talk about how he's sort of 
how he has become sort of associated with the word yes, but it's weird because most of his career has revolved around being told no. Is he big enough? No. Does he belong here? No. Uh, could he be a superstar? No. Is he best for business? No. Could he be the face of the company? No. Does he deserve to be the main event of WrestleMania? No. But Daniel Bryan, bloody hell, he thinks he does. And every time life has told him no, he has said yes. Like, when he, would he ever be able to wrestle again? Like, yes, he would. Ever be the world champion again? Yes. Would he be able to tap out Roman Reigns? Yes. Would he be able to main event Mania one more time? Hell, yes. But this Mania is going to be the biggest match of his career. And it's like, what version of Daniel Bryan are they going to get? They're not going to get the general manager kind of Daniel Bryan. You're not going to get this family man Daniel Bryan. You're going to see the best damn Daniel Bryan that you've ever seen. The most dangerous Daniel Bryan. The one that tapped out Roman Reigns. The one that will kick Edge's head in to spite his neck. And he had... He's got fire in his eyes and he's got fire in his heart. And can Daniel Bryan walk out as the universal champion? Yes, yes, yes. This was classic Daniel Bryan stuff on full babyface fire mode. And he's fantastic at it. And like instantly I was like, oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those where each person, and we'll get to the other ones as we go, Yeah, but it felt like each person had been given the the motivation of, all right, let's imagine you're in a courtroom and you're giving, you're giving your reason why you're like, not, 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 what's the word? Not innocent, but why you're going to win this. You got to put forward your argument. Okay. Yeah. And everyone at the same time, they had seven minutes each and it was just outstanding to watch our three different people did it in their own little ways. You know what I mean? You can just give yeah. somebody seven minutes and they can just make it their own. Daniel Bryan's style is it, I, I loved what I loved about this is the yes thing, just, just as a trope, let's say in WWE, it's something where it, it there are times where you just feel that, especially in the Thunderdome era, but just because of the, the way it is, like, yeah, the yes, don't laugh always, button. <laughs> yeah, you feel like it's just been crammed on. You feel like, yes, 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 yes. And even Daniel Bryan's a bit like, oh, I'm just going to try and do it at an opposite time to what they're doing, it just to spite them. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it, it always just feels a bit. Nah, jarring in that setting which cannot be helped but this is the yeah. first time where brian's felt authentic in that scenario to a real real like oh right like i'm, I'm just closing my eyes we're in the middle of a packed out stadium this feels like yeah. i can feel the energy it's visceral and i loved it the yes thing like i've been told no but now it's a yes and he was turned like the way that he did that and ended everything with his big yes it was like it was the perfect build it's, it's everything you taught if you're in acting classes, it's that thing where you build slowly, you're gradual, like you've got the emotion ramping up. And then right at the end, I thought that man's head was going to blow off. But we see in another promo with one of his adversaries at WrestleMania, we see the exact same layout in terms of build up to explosion, but a completely different direction, let's say, yeah. a different angle, a different starting point. And it goes off in a different way. It's just these guys, all three of them, like they're absolute masters of the craft. I feel like I say this every single week, but it, we didn't We didn't have to have, and this is a big spoiler, we didn't have to have a big brawl on this SmackDown where you go off and go, what is going to happen when these guys meet at WrestleMania? They will not be contained. We didn't have all yeah. that nonsense. We just had three people telling you down the camera, this is why I'm going to win. And I'll tell yeah. you something, all three are going to win, Phil. It's it, Yeah, it's incredible. It's almost like a company goes out of its way to hire the best wrestlers in the world and they're incredibly good at what they do. And when you give them time to just do what they do, they knock it out of the park and sell everyone. Like talk about putting butts in seats. This is how you sell a show with these three. And it's like you said, they all got same amount of time, 
they all got a specific slot within the show. Daniel Bryan opened, Roman Reigns, Claire was Edge was right on the hour mark. And they all went out and told their story, their character's story in their own way. They tied it into, like all three of them really tied it into their careers in general. And then it all sort of brought together to this exact moment, showing how important WrestleMania is to them all in very different ways, how the story has got to this point of all three converging. They all put over their opponents at the same time as saying, I'm going to kick your ass. And it's like, they just had promo class basically they just if they don't sit down to any everyone in the performance center and say watch these three guys this is goddamn how you do this this is how you sell a pro wrestling event this is how you build to a match and it was yeah wrestling 101 utterly fantastic why don't they do this more these people are fantastic at their jobs that's why they hire them these people know their characters these people know what they need to do to sell an event and yeah I don't understand how we can't get more of this because obviously they can do it because they bloody well did it. And to put it just in the simplest terms possible, it felt like, and we're probably going to go into more detail with the other two as well. It just felt like every single person, it felt like the biggest match in their lives, which it's simple. It's so simple to put that over, but they give the reasons. They justified it all the way through these, these, promos and it's yeah it's that that is the simplest way you can make every single person tune into wrestlemania tonight and tomorrow night and all the rest of that just to go yeah i'm gonna watch the biggest match in daniel bryan daniel bryan roman reigns and edge's career like that is just it's phenomenal incredible fantastic stuff can't say enough about all three of these promos but we'll obviously talk about edges and roman reigns as we get there fantastic way to kick off smackdown and into what was a really simple smackdown really because it was laid out each segment there was no sort of real storyline that ran through it. It was just each segment had to sell the pay-per-view and that's what they tried to do in every single segment in general. Um, but yeah, it was next up. We, well, we saw the Street Profits backstage and they were like yesing with Kayla Braxton for a bit and they were talking about how it's about time and they're going to win the titles and then the Dirty Dogs come in and they attack them and then the Mysterios start attacking them and Chad Gable and uh, they all have a big role on the rampway and then we kind of cut to the advert and then we are getting in straight away with this fatal four-way match for the Tag Team Championships. And of course, it was really good fun. Of course it was. Those guys are all really, really good. It was fast-paced, action-packed. Um, there's I've just written like a couple of little bits from it. Uh, there was a nice touch of like really early on by Robert Roode, which I just I've written it down because I was like, ah, that's that makes sense. That's logical. Why don't more people do stuff like this? Because Gable kind of blind tagged himself in on Robert Roode, just as about as Roode was about to like run in and hit a move on someone, and he noticed the blind tag, stopped himself just before he did the move, and was like, all right, well you go hit him. I'm not I'm not going to beat this guy up for you. That's your job now. You've tagged yeah. in, you idiot. So go for it. I'm not wasting it just, time. Such a small little touch, but I was like, that's clever. I like that. Um, then there was a bit where like Rey Mysterio was going for a pin and the Dirty Dogs run in to break it up and they kind of got sent to the outside and then Mysterio's threw Gable like over the top rope, but Otis caught him and kind of, he did like a little tilt-a-whirl around Otis to land on his feet. And I was like, how is that even possible? It just, I looked at it and I was like, that doesn't make sense, but it was just so smooth and so perfect. And then obviously Rey Mysterio did his dive through the ropes. Uh, Dominic did the dive a springboard off the thing. And it basically the entire match just went like that, just really fast paced action, everybody getting their stuff in. The 
finish especially was fantastic. Really, really loved it. It was kind of built towards a like double 619 where Dom and Ray hit the Dirty Dogs both with a 619. And then Dominic hits the Frog Splash. And just as you think they're going to win, Otis runs in and breaks it up. And then uh, Ray Mysterio jumps at Otis. He gets caught and gets thrown out by Otis. And then the Street Profits come in. They do dives to the outside. Dawkins manages to tag himself in on, in all of this. And then uh, Chad Gable and uh, Dawkins are kind of doing like really quick wrestling counters and roll-ups trying to uh, get each other eventually chad gable does his like roll through german suplex but as literally as, like as soon as he'd landed the german suplex montez ford was coming down and hitting him with the frog splash on chad and then ziggler runs in super kicks montez ford rude tags himself in at that point as well and he just runs in steals the pin on gable and the dirty dogs are your tag team champions um this yeah really 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 good fun match Fast-paced, action-packed, like really enjoyable. But you couldn't have just found ten minutes on WrestleMania for this. <laughs> this, this is yeah. You've taken the words out of my brain, out of my mouth. It's <sighs> you. You can you can salute this for what it was. It was electric. It's the best we've seen in terms of this this group together all performing. They've had some pretty good showings. Let's be honest. Like we we've complained we, for months. It felt like for months and months and months we were complaining that there's no direction for this SmackDown tag team division. There's no straight teams that just seem to be on consistently week after week and trying to pick up a run. There was nothing. There was no future for this division. And then in the last month or so, maybe two months, they've done this. They've started to build something where you've got four teams there now where they've all got their own voice. They've all got their own style. They've all like had their own little runs of momentum. And you're like, you know what? This feels competitive. For It doesn't feel your typical WWE thing of anybody beats anybody and wins don't matter. It feels competitive, which is just... It's a, it's, a diff- it's a different thing. It's a completely different thing because it makes you think like anybody could win, but it's not just because WWE just made their own mind up that morning and gone, yeah, that person's going to do it. It feels distinct. And now, on the back of this, all I can think is, oh, if they would have had the Mysterios win when when they were up, up for this, like, they had that near fall in this match. If you would have just had the match up to then, you're telling me you couldn't have found some some time at Mania for that? Yeah, like that was what that was a, a five seven minute spell up until that point. Like it was that was we were talking about this last week. This is all I wanted: fast paced action, just everyone throwing themselves all around the ring. Everyone gets the stuff in really quick. You could probably find a fog splash maybe earlier just to get Montez Ford flying from the heavens and everyone going, "Oh my god!" Yeah, you could have had that. It just oh, it's so bittersweet. I'm glad. I'm obviously glad that the Dirty Dogs won because it means like they've not thrown away that Mysterio yeah. win or one of the other teams winning, which would have been a bit more of a feel good moment. But equally, I'm just, it just feels like a wait. I was so hopeful at the start of this when they started brawling. I was like, yes, they're going to brawl and call off the match and it's going to happen on Mania. Oh, yes, this is it. And then no, we just segued straight in and my little my little heart broke. It's a, it's a shame <laughs> for everyone involved. I know it just sounds like a really depressing thing to say after after a, a good match, really, on, on the face of it. But they deserve the Mania spot. It's not fair. Yeah. Totally as well, like, and they had the under the giant memorial battle uh, royal later on in the show as well, which is like that, and then like the big multi man tag team match are generally like matches they use to just give people a mania slot, like just a little mania moment where they get to come out and do something as as short as it might be, like especially in the under the giant memorial battle royal, someone getting thrown out first or whatever. At least you get that one minute of WrestleMania, and it seems like pointless putting that on a smackdown because the entire point of it is to give people a wrestlemania moment and you couldn't have just over two nights you couldn't have just found a little bit of a space for 
four teams that have been working really hard to actually try and do something within a tag team division, within WWE's tag team division, which must be really hard in general just to get anything out of. And it was it was an insult to injury all the way through it because on commentary for this and commentary for the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, Michael Cole and Corey go, oh my God, this is the WrestleMania thing. It's all for WrestleMania. This is the WrestleMania Battle yeah. Royal. And I was like, it's no, SmackDown WrestleMania. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it, you, did, you did just feel for everyone involved. It was a weird feeling through this show. It was, it was great because it was building towards Mania and you got that feeling, but you were just like, oh, these guys just, they've tripped just before that final thing and they've just yeah. not been able to get over the line. It's a shame, but it is what it is. Uh, they put on a fantastic match. Hopefully, it can build to something later down the line. And like you say, I think the Dirty Dogs winning was the right thing. It was a really good finish. And yeah, we can build to that Mysterio's winning when there's a when they actually get a spot on a show with a crowd. <laughs> um, we then also found out that there's still WrestleMania tickets on sale and you can still buy them. And I'm not entirely sure how they haven't managed to sell this out yet. <laughs> I've got mine, Phil. Hey, come on. <laughs> Oh, so just hopping a quick plane here from snowy Newcastle from the heading over to Florida. It's mad, really, isn't it? You'd expect because AEW have had their showing as well, haven't they? They've had the house always wins. Like there's enough. Yeah, I, I suspect a lot of wrestling fans would be clamoring to maybe get a mania ticket. Maybe they put off by I the. So. It, it might be a thing of people are put off by the two nights in a row potentially because some people might Maybe. Go, I, I want to go to both and they might have worked might just be put off by the whole covid thing <laughs> but that's a big one i, I was kind of tiptoeing around that but yeah it's <laughs> it's a weird time isn't it i think i think we're blinkered a little bit because we're so excited as fans we're like oh if anybody got the chance you go but then you just you do forget that that big c-shaped elephant in the yeah. room which is it's a thing like you've <laughs> got to think about what happened with the Super Bowl when it came to people getting back out of that stadium with the amount yeah. of people who were there and there's going to be more people at WrestleMania so we'll see it's going to be interesting let's say that yeah. Um, but yeah next up we had Kayla I'm going to talk about both of these segments at once actually I've written them down separately in my notes but I think it makes a lot more sense to talk about them together because I'll just quickly run through them both um, Kayla Baxter was backstage with Bianca Belair and it was just a really good Bianca Belair promo. She always comes across just so genuine in these things and they're just likable. It's great. Um, but she was talking about how like she's nervous for the match, obviously, because it's the biggest match of her career. But like her dad always taught her, like, it's okay to be nervous as long as you're not scared. And he also taught her to not be scared of anything. It's obviously going to be the biggest night of her life. She's going to beat Sasha Banks. Um, and it was just, yeah, really good babyface stuff from Bianca Belair. And then later on in the night, I'm going to have to skip through my notes to find it because I originally wrote them down separately. Um, so she, Kayla Baxter was backstage with Sasha Banks and she was just full on boss mode and like a great little promo from Sasha Banks uh, in full here. mode saying like she doesn't care what Bianca has to say. Sasha is the best in the world and she's got the belt to prove it. She's going to make Bianca tap out. Uh, and as she's like lying there on the mat with... Sasha Banks standing tall. She's going to see her place beneath her because Sasha is the B-E-S-T and still the SmackDown Women's Champion. And it was just classic boss-style um, Sasha Banks. Now, they've um, announced this is going to be the main event of night one, which I think is absolutely the right call. Like, straight after Royal Rumble, I was like, well, yep, there's your two main events. That makes sense. Um, because they're both going to absolutely knock it out of the park. It's absolutely fantastic. But <laughs> you put it into the context of this whole story. A, these kind of promos 
is what we should have been doing from the very beginning. We shouldn't have had any of the SmackDown women, the women's tag team stuff. We shouldn't have had any of the Reginald stuff. It should have just been who is best, Sasha or Bianca. And we've spoke about that loads, so I'm not going to go too much into that. But if you compare the amount of time, effort, and just spotlight shone on the men in this show, they each got like seven or eight minutes in a very dedicated in-ring promo seg- segment. They all got to be incredibly passionate and sell the match, and they were all absolutely fantastic. These two got like one minute, two minutes each, maybe, backstage with Kayla Braxton. And it just feels like there's a massive disconnect here where you should be pitching them at least at the same level or at least giving them the chance to make it feel like it's on the same level. Yeah, there's a weird thing, and um, this is something, again, that we've, we've spoken about for the last couple of weeks where WWE seem to work towards these pay-per-views and kind of have it in their minds that people are just going to tune in to watch the pay-per-view. So with the Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair stuff, we've seen there's been a big campaign on social media to get them in this main event spot, which as soon as Bianca, like you said, as soon as Bianca Belair won that Royal Rumble, we were like, yeah, there's your main event. Boom. Yeah. Just, it's the, it's the most compelling match that you can make, like in terms of that, not just the women's division, just one of the most compelling matches that the company can make right now. So yeah, yeah put it there. Makes, makes all the sense in the world. And I think as a fan base, that's how we felt. WWE as a company, clearly wanting to do other things and clearly yeah. wanting to stupidly get the tag division involved and the Reginald and all that crap. And now we're getting towards WrestleMania They've given the fans what we want. So on the surface, wait, we've got that main event, great. And what they'll do, what they have been doing, I've been, I spotted it when I was watching NXT TakeOver when they've done all these promo videos and all the packages. Not a sign of Reginald. Not a sign of Nia Jax and Shane Baszler. It's just these two bickering back and forth and looking really impressive. So, casual fan, tunes into WrestleMania. Oh, I've got the, the second ever main event for, for women in WrestleMania history. Oh, I'm checking that out. Boom, main event. Wow, these these two look like superstars. As we've just noticed as well, WWE look like they're going to be introducing drones into entrances for WrestleMania mm-hmm. this year. They've both got their own mad drone stuff for their entrances. That makes it feel big. On the surface, all these people, all these casual fans are going to think these two are megastars. But yeah. people who tune in every single week, watch the show week in, week out, we're not being rewarded for doing that at all. Like, we're, all we're getting is this. We're just getting one minute's worth of these two going, I'm the best, I'm the ESD. Great, cool. Like, it's it's just, there's a real disconnect. And it, I don't, I think until WWE start, you can't even say putting more of a focus on TV and trying to get that, that storytelling laced in because the money is in TV. Just for whatever reason, they feel the need to just deliver at the, like, deliver on the main event level, the, the pay-per-view level, and just not plant those seeds in the build-up because they know they can just do a really cool video package just before and sell it like it is the biggest thing. It's so, oh, it's, it's infuriating, infuriating because they definitely, and we say this deserve worth or the deserve round, they definitely do deserve to be in the spots that Edge, Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns had on this night if they're going to main event. And if that three are also going to main event potentially night two, like why don't they get the same spots? Why don't you take a bit of time away from this stupid Obviously, not high up on your list of priorities on uh, the giant memorial battle royal. Just take 10 minutes away from that and have those two have a bit more time to talk. It, it You're going to undervalue people. You can keep talking about a women's revolution, but until you start doing this and giving people that spotlight to sit there, look down a camera, like we did with Bailey like, a couple of weeks, months back, when she after the, the, uh, the Sasha Banks stuff, when she looked down the camera and had this epic promo, and we were like, oh, that's it. That's how you do it. That, that's somebody yeah. on the same level as all the other the main event men stars, and that, that's that's real equality in the company. I feel like I've gone on a massive rant here, but it just really <laughs> hit a nerve watching this show. 
Yeah, it's, I was exactly the same. It's just, could you go back to that Bailey and Sasha thing? And that became the biggest thing in WWE because it had time on the shows, because both of the performers were absolutely smashing it, um, because the story was compelling, but because the promos that they were cutting were compelling. Like, again, like they, they pulled you in, they gave you time, they made you buy into that story, hook, line, and sinker, to the point where, like, oh my God, you desperately wanted to see Sasha beat the crap out of Bailey at the, by the end of it. And they gave it time and it became the spotlight. So it's not like they don't feel like they can trust women in this position because they've done it before. They've done it with Becky Lynch and Charlotte. They've done it with Sasha and Bailey before. But it's, you can't have it both ways. You can't pitch this as like, a, oh my God, look how great we are. We're putting the women in the main event and then give them like two or three minutes of TV time to build to it. It's, yeah, it just doesn't work. It's stupid. The entire, the entire build to this match has been incredibly disappointing in general. We've gone from me being completely sold that this should main event WrestleMania to me being, uh, this is a bit meh. Mm. And that's completely backwards. And it, it doesn't make any sense how they've got to this. And yet they're not even giving us time. This should have been, these two promos should have been the week after the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Or like, and then we should have built in intensity and built in, uh, in like fierceness and like built the storyline from there. Yeah. And it's uh, worth like probably pro- properly noting that we both want this still. Like yes. so many fans do want this and need yeah. this to be a main event because it, look at it. It's a main event. It just is. But the way we've got there is just, it, it, you can't help but feel like it's undermined its spot. Yeah. And they just didn't deserve that. They were just coming in. How hot were these two coming into the Royal Rumble? It was yeah. frightening. And, and also just- to very much point out, this is not Bianca and Sasha's fault. They've no. worked with what they've been given. And like, even in these two little promos, they were like, like we keep on saying, they were like a minute long each, but they got over the match. They got over themselves. They got over their characters within that minute. They just did it a lot quicker than Edgeon Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan got the chance to. I'm just, I'm baffled. I, I think Sasha Banks has managed to get over a, a three-syllable laugh in those yeah. minutes that she's had like that <laughs> whatever it is like she can get yeah. that on a t-shirt and i buy it it's really just... cocky smile that grin oh, <laughs> she's just oh the most infuriating woody the woodpecker and i yeah. love it just think of what her entrance is going to be and it'll make up for well a lot of it i guess <laughs> i think they'll pop that on the top of her do you know what they do with um ricochet with his like pew pew i think they'll do that at the start of her entrance and i'll be like <laughs> and then she'll go Deal fresh. That, yeah, that's, that's coming um, so yeah, good work from those two, but god damn it, WWE allow them to sell this match to people. <laughs> I love the fact that this is probably the longest segment we're gonna have on this podcast, and it was for the shortest thing that's happened like yeah. that. It just hit that much of a nerve. Annoying. Um, but anyway, let's move on because Big E got a haircut. <laughs> you did wait, so I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of my um the way this this SmackDown played out. When did the, the Adam Pierce Sonya Deville stuff happen? Was that before this or after this? That was oh, I, I feel like it was sandwiched. I feel like that was sandwiched between the uh, the Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks stuff. I may be completely no, wrong. No, that was after this. After this, okay, cool. Because I don't want to miss that, that. Yeah, messed my head up. I 
Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. I think it was after the edge stuff. It was later on. Yeah, oh, it was right. definitely cool, later cool, on because cool, they cool. said something really weird in it. But we'll get there. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, Sweet. Biggie Thank was God. getting a haircut, <laughs> um, which sounds ridiculous on the face of it. But oh my God, this was great. Um, yes. He was basically talking about how like WrestleMania is in Tampa and that's his city. And whereas Apollo Crews has only just discovered his roots and remembered where he's come from. Like he, he's never forgotten, like this is his city. And so you see him getting a haircut with his barber and then he goes to a place like just near his school to the place that taught him discipline, taught him the grind, like made him a state champion. And then he goes back to outside of Raymond James Stadium where he played his high school all-star football game. And he just gets really passionate at the end and just like screaming, like this is where I'll walk in and walk out IC champion. And this was different it was like visually appealing biggie was fantastic in it i loved every every bit of this <laughs> yeah this was um like a one minute version of the uh, biggie's 24 special yeah <laughs> but but biggie's 24 special was excellent so it it just it hit all the beats that you know about him in that when he goes to his hairdressers he talks about his life like before wwe and it resonates and makes him a really good like all-around person that you're like yeah cool i'm rooting for you and i'm so conflicted now because after this promo, I was just like, oh, Big E in Tampa. I kind of want him to retain. <laughs> but equally, Apollo kicking all the ass with Nigerian drum fight. It's, oh, I know. I've I said all along in this. Feel. I've said all along in this that Apollo Crews can't win. You can't go through this much of a change, this much of a heel turn, this much of a character development without it paying off. Because that just mm. kind of makes you look a bit like an idiot. Uh, but oh. yeah, like you say, Big E, Tampa, hometown pop. Although WWE does love making people lose in their hometown, yeah. so we've got that. <laughs> it's oh, it's I love this though. These are the best feelings because that makes me want to tune in. That makes yeah. me want to sit there and go, oh, I don't know who's gonna win. Oh, I need this. Like it's yeah, brilliant work. This, I I need more. Unfortunately, of this. unfortunately, it was the only thing to build to this match on the show, and I know they had like quite a lot to fit in to build to because they haven't built to anything on other shows. Um, so. Like this, alongside the tiny little promo that Apollo Crews got last week. Like, if you think of before Fastlane, this was such a hot angle and like passionate and personal. And then they had that Fastlane match, and then they just kind of threw the match announcement for WrestleMania out of the way. And then it's kind of lost a bit of steam. They, like, Fastlane has completely ruined the build for this, really. But it has. Having said that, this promo was great and fun and we should do more of this. We should 100% do more of this because getting out of the Thunderdome, getting out of the arena, getting out of the backstage area, like instantly you're like, oh, this is different. I want to watch this. And it's like, it's just that visual of just your eyes seeing something new. And like, who knew that's appealing to people? Like something new on my TV screen. I'll watch this now. So yeah, do more of this, WWE. 
Just seeing the sun tends to appeal to me now, Phil. I see the sun, <laughs> I'm like, oh, wow, there's an outside. This is great. It's, yeah, I, I agree. I completely agree. And it's, I, I understand with all the fast lane stuff, like, yeah, it's just derailed it because it did. Fast lane was not a fast lane. It was just a damn bump in the road that nobody wanted. Yeah. But you can see already what they're going to do. It comes up to this match. We get that nice little pre-match package. It'll sell this like it's been a war for the ages because yeah, there were times when it was up until Fastlane. So they'll just forget the weeks after and just probably give <laughs> yeah. us that build up to there and then just have Big E dancing around in the middle of Tampa and we'll be like, yeah, this is epic. That's and while he's, while he's doing Big E's entrance and, you know, um, Apollo Crews has got to gotta do something big for his entrance oh, yeah. uh, with this character change. I think this is going to be a really fun match. I'm really looking forward to this. Have we still got any update on what the rules are to a Nigerian nope. jump fight? <laughs> Absolutely not, but I guess that just makes you want to tune in more to find out what it is. Yeah, I just want... It's I almost want, like, like they just came up with a name with no plan. <laughs> I'll tell you something. Right, Phil, I know what I want now. I've figured it out. So, remember um, AEW when they did the Mimosa Mayhem match? Yes. So, instead of pools of Mimosa, big-ass drums at the side of ringside, Okay. And you got to get pushed through the drum. That's what I want. It's the big bang. Like you get knocked through it off a ladder. Bang. That's what I want to have. That's first person to go through the drum loses. We'll have to wait and see, I guess. Because next up was Nia Jax going against ain't nobody meaner than Tamina. And she proved it again that there is nobody meaner than Tamina because they started off with like a test of strength and Nia Jax pushed Tamina over. And then Nia Jax, uh, Tamina was like, oh, you're not meaner than me. And just hurled Nia Jax across the room because she's just so goddamn mean. Um, but obviously, I'm pretty sure I could mention this match and automatically in your head, you could decide exactly where this match is going to end up because Reginald got in the open, Tamina went to grab him, Nia Jax took advantage of that and got in control. And then eventually Tamina was going up to the top rope and then oh, Reginald tries to get involved again. But then Natalia pulls him off the apron, Shayna throws Natalia into the steps, Nia Jax picks up Tamina, ready to go for a Samoan drop. But she gets out of it. Tamina hits a super kick. She hits a Samoan drop of her own because ain't nobody meaner than Tamina, I may have mentioned. But then as she's about to pin her and prove to the world that there is indeed nobody meaner than Tamina, Shayna Baszler comes in and attacks and it's a DQ and then they just have a bit of a fight. Because ain't nobody better than Baszler. Oh! <laughs> hey. Terrible. Sorry, buddy. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> that's this. Yeah, that's terrible. That's, that's the word. That is the word for this, Phil. Precisely the word. Um, Shall we just run well, straight into what happens after this and then talk about the whole thing? Please, please. Because we cut to backstage and Kayla Braxton's with the Riot Squad and they're like, we're great, we're going to win, whatever. Billy Kay's there, which is definitely the highlight because she's there with Carmella. It's official, Billy Kay and Carmella are going to be in that tag team turmoil match. Um, and Billy Kay steals the show again because she just stands there mimicking everything that Carmella does. And it's fantastic. She's she the best. Did, she goes full Damien Mizdow. I love that. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Uh, and then... The Riot Squad were talking about how they've learned from their losses and they're more in sync than ever. And then they kind of hug. And then Carmella's like, oh, we're going to win. And then Naomi and Layla, Nana comes in and it's like, oh, what about us? And then Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke come in and they're like, oh, but what about us? And then they have a big fight. And then uh, Natalia and Tamina once again prove that there is nobody meaner than Tamina and take everyone out. I mean, can we talk about who had the best line in all this? I know, I know Billy was great. She was great. She was fantastic. She was the, she was the MVP of this. Like, she was. But yeah, best line goes to, the best line goes to Liv Morgan because she just said exactly what... I was, like, mouthing the words as I was watching it. She went, are we really going to do this again? <laughs> <laughs> she literally said it. And I was like, 
Yeah, it is. That's the voice of reason. And they did. They just brawled again. Didn't they do? Yeah, yeah they did this on Raw, didn't they? Yeah, like, they did. The Almost the exact same segment with them all just, oh, one team comes in, one team comes in, one team comes in. Oh, I hate you all. Let's fight. It's, yeah. oh, it's so... There's nah. a WWE writer sat there backstage just going, ah, oh, we'll just, this will be a bit tongue in cheek. Uh, but can't be asked right now, anything else. Let's just do it again. Like that, that is how, what this was. How did you that give all this two segments and you gave Sasha and Bianca two minutes? Ah, <sighs> it's, I, right. Makes me mad. Again, I don't want to just slam everyone involved because it's not the talent's fault. They're just <laughs> being not. written this way. It's like you see when they're given little moments to flicker and shine, Billy Kane. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what you get. But it's just. <laughs> Oh, not their fault they're just drawn this way yeah it's just a rotten use of people like the match itself could be great and it seems like it's replacing the women's battle royal which yeah i mean felt like the, it was my, my biggest thing about this is that natalia and tamina were standing tall so we're probably not gonna get tamina winning at wrestlemania which saddens hey, me deeply but unless things. if billy Kay can win then that'll make up for it i suppose yeah, and like I really enjoy again. I'm going. To, I'm going to hype up talking smack because that's just all I do every Sunday. Just talk about how great talking <laughs> smack is. But to, like Tamina and Natalia had a moment last week where Paul Heyman just like lit a fire in their bellies, and I was like, again, it made me invested in those two characters, which is not something I've been able to say probably in the last like yeah. ten years. So <laughs> I kind of want them to have a good showing because over the last couple of weeks they they built a bit of momentum. They got involved in Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair's match and that yeah. went nowhere kind of thing. But I, I don't I, I don't want to sit and go, I don't care because that's just rude and just like, I, I don't want to slam everyone involved. But yeah, I care about Billy Kay in yeah, this match. Yeah, 100%. Carmella just, just by like affiliation with her, just, just by proxy, like she's there. So okay, let them both win. And like, we've got to talk about the, the Bailey in the room. She ain't there. What's going she on with Bailey? Like, she didn't get mentioned or seen on this show at any point that I saw. And I can't believe it. I can't believe travesty. it. Like, the night before WrestleMania. Actual like, something travesty. big's going to happen, Phil. Something big has got to, EO's got to pop it out. It better. It better, because Bailey deserves a goddamn mania spot. Whatever it is at this point, even if it's a ding-dong hello like still just anything she really really deserves to be on that show and it's just so sad that she isn't but yeah all of this complete mare it's another one of those things where you see like you say on talking smack and the stuff they put out on social media these people are so much better than what wwe present them as <laughs> just give them a chance like stop putting them in these situations where nobody can win you're building them up to fail <laughs> You know what I want to say really quickly, though, on the back of this, like on the back of Mania, like when we're coming out of this and the other end, WWE tend to do this thing where they suddenly remember what they are. They're a wrestling company and they've got to try and build people. They suddenly do that for a couple of months. I hope to God they've got women in that tag division now, which is this time last year, we were just looking around going, all right, we've done Kabuki Warriors against Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. (laughs) What are we going to do now? There was no sign. Then the Iconics came back. That was it. Whereas now we've got five you can maybe push to six teams that can like reasonably go after those belts and charge for them do something with them i don't care if it's just strictly on one brand and everyone goes over to that brand for a bit just do something because you've got them there like you said they're talented enough they put in the graph they put in the work on social media nikki cross is doing nothing right now she keeps cutting stuff on like on promos on um, on twitter pair yeah. air with, pair, imagine that team nikki cross and billy k that would have just <laughs> Filled my heart with joy. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm going to stop ranting about this, but just give them something. Just give them something to do after WrestleMania. They've earned it. 
Absolutely. Uh, so next up on the show that was the desperate plea for people to buy WrestleMania, uh, we got the segment that was building to Cesaro's Seth Rollins. Again, really short segment to sell this match, but this was really fun. <laughs> How has no one done this before? Because Seth Rollins made a political like smear campaign ad against Cesaro. And it was just great. It was really simple. It was like a minute long. He's just talking about how he's never had a one-on-one match at WrestleMania. He's never even won the championship. Is this the example we want to set for our children? Seth Rollins is the man we can all look up to. It's great. And then at the end, it had a little message of like paid for by friends of Seth Rollins. <laughs> and it was just really fun. And like, it's like a minute long and it's already sold them. They've already sold me on this match just by the stuff they've been doing. Uh, but yeah, just the desperate plea to get something to build to every single match that they should have been doing for months. <laughs> and I think that's something <laughs> with this, this Cesaro Rollins stuff that it's not hard to, it's not hard to just add in random pointless tension for the sake of it to make everything feel yeah. dramatic. We don't need that. We just need two people to have a, to have a reason to have a wrestling match. And they've got one. Yeah. Like, like Rollins Yeah, this is one of the few builds that have actually like made sense. It's been logical all the way through. It's been a, a pretty easy build for them both of them, which probably goes to show how talented these two are that they could get out of this WWE system and actually just build something simple and logical that we want to see. <laughs> and like, I don't want to take anything away from Cesaro because he's like, I hope to God that Rocky gets strapped on his back when out of yeah. WrestleMania. But I'm really enjoying this version of the Seth Rollins Hill character because I think he's having fun with it. Yeah. I think there's this, there's no more of this. This political campaign thing is yeah. like absolutely brilliant. Really liked it. It's similar to Sami Zayn. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's that thing where you can see there's no weight on his shoulder going, I ain't yeah. the villain. He's just having, having a laugh. And when he has a laugh, I have a laugh. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, good stuff. Uh, and speaking of good stuff, out comes Edge and bloody hell. Bloody hell. <laughs> I thought, the, I genuinely thought, like, that Daniel Bryan promo was fantastic. Uh, I knew I hadn't seen them all like before I watched the full show, but I knew they each got their own segment from like clips on social media and things. And I was like, oh, it's going to be tough to beat that Daniel Bryan thing. But goddamn, these guys just went out there to desperately try and outdo each other in promo land. And Edge, oh. man, just, he's good at this. <laughs> I was just going to say, don't you tell me that wrestling is a competitive sport because <laughs> this, this, this was one-upmanship at its best. Absolutely. Uh, he came out, it was sort of lit differently. He had his chair with him and he sat down in the ring and he had like a single spotlight on him. And they, I think they'd like turned some of the screens off around the Thunderdome, like not all of them, but some of them. And it just instantly looked completely different to anything like Daniel Bryan had done before um, because of it. And they got like the camera of like dead extreme close up in his face and just the like passion on his face, like from the very get go was like, oh my God, this is going to be really compelling. And he talked about how he went to WrestleMania six and he was there for Hogan versus Warrior. And that that night he knew what he needed to do with his knife life. And when he dreams things, he has to manifest them because that's the way his head works in this world. But all you people, you won't relate because common sense, it isn't very common. Uh, and he did it. He accomplished everything that he wanted to do, except for ending his career on his own terms. He didn't walk away. He had it ripped from him. Uh, and he, but he didn't like go ahead to forge another career off the back of it, like slight digs at other people that might have left wrestling, because um, this is all he wanted to do. He didn't come back to do his greatest hits tour. He came back to steal the show. And he talks about how Brian talks about how this could be his last WrestleMania ever. And Edge is like, well, what do you think this is for me? A month in your career is like a year in mine. Somehow Daniel Bryan has like weaseled his way into this match when it could have just been a clash of titans between two eras 
the only line I didn't like in this was he was like talking about Daniel Bryan and he said he's this indie bookstore troll sticking his nose in their business. I think we can be done with the indie jabs at Daniel Bryan at this point. Yeah, he's proven that... time and time again that he is a world-class WWE superstar. It's a good decade too late, that, that giant yeah. last one felt. However, he completely um, just redeemed himself when he was talking about Roman Reigns because he was saying about how Roman walks around like everyone owes him something. It's like, are you kidding me? You owe me. You came into WWE in a three-man group. You made your entrance through the crowd. You use a spear as your finisher. You're the Samoan Edge. Brilliant. Loved all of that. Uh, Send the T-shirts, man. <laughs> so good. Uh, but yeah, he said, like, but you are, like, really good. And had somehow in all of this, something's got lost and that this, this match is 10 years to the day that he was forced to retire, but he doesn't get any video packages about it. He doesn't get any big social media posts. He doesn't get any touching clips with like piano music set to it. Why? Because he doesn't get the respect he deserves. He's fought back from torn triceps to win the Royal Rumble. He came back from something that no one in the history of sports has ever come back from. Nine years, a triple fusion in his neck. You have no idea the pain he's gone through. He's, you talk about me being a part-timer. I, I want to phone it in. He's doing goddamn Hurricane Runners off the top rope. So he's going to take the respect that he deserves. He's going to win because he's dreamt it. So he will manifest it. And Jesus Christ, this was a good promo. <laughs> yeah, he went into a world here, Edge, where you rarely see it in WWE done, done well, I'm saying. You see people try it and have a go for it and they just, they just don't have the chops for it, a lot of people. Yeah. But you, you see in Edge here, he's had a bit of time out, right? He's been doing his film work, he's been doing his movie work, he's been, he's been, he's been acting, right? Yeah. So he's been figuring out how to conjure up emotion, authentic emotion in the moment and this man came across like a damn Shakespeare villain in this. Yeah. Like there were moments when he looked down that camera and you could sit, like when he was talking about, you don't understand the pain, the pain of a triple fusion, like injury, like the surgery, all of it. Like you don't understand it. There was, I've never been so conflicted. It just in the delivery of line, like, because there was everything. There was there was this fear. There, there was this intimidation that was given across. Like I'm going to kill someone in three seconds. But if you looked into his eyes, he looked like he was going to break down and like have a full on like emotional breakdown, yeah. crying his eyes out. And I I felt for him. I empathized. I was like, God, this man has overcome so much. I'm on his side. But equally, it's calling my boy Daniel Bryan a clerk. Like it was. He <laughs> just he took me on a he took me on a ride. And it that felt is, like it felt like he truly needed to get something off his chest in the way that he. Yeah like performed it and it like and because of that reason it felt like it was coming from the heart it felt like it was coming from him you believed every goddamn word he said yeah it felt like like a soliloquy it felt like he'd just been going about his business going about he, he felt like he'd just finished battering daniel bryan the other week with that steel chair and he yeah. just turned to the audience and he just let us into his mind like we just we just been let in for seven minutes and it was just like what is going on in here it it was it was riveting but I've, and again, at the end of it, and I said it about the Daniel Bryan one, I, I can, I, he's given me all the reasons why he's going to win. Nobody else is as fired up as him. Nobody else has got the, the, the pent-up need to win. He feels like the person who needs to win out of these yeah. three. You could say Daniel Bryan wants to win the most, and he's probably got the back in, he's the underdog, and like he's got all that, the fire to win. You could say Roman just like has the power to win because just look at him. like He's probably in the best position like, to win. It's almost like... Now you brought it up like Daniel Bryan wants to win, Edge needs to win, Roman expects to win. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And that's there you go. like 
that's, that's it. That's the automatic oh. difference between the three characters and how they all just work so well together. There's your promo. There's your promo package for that WrestleMania match. That's it. Yeah. Like that's that's this is that's how you you paint three different characters where you don't have to just go heal babyface. You don't have to do that. You just got three different motivations, and I think yeah. that's that's how that's how you create something that could just steal the whole damn weekend, man. This is yeah. I'm absolutely. getting hyped on this. I loved it. This build, honestly, this one show with these three promos could sell you on absolutely anything. It's just so goddamn good. Uh, I, you just bask in it. Like as, as soon as he sat down in the ring and the lights went off and you're like, oh, okay, you saw the look on his face. It was like, I'm in for something here. And just the journey he took you on and the belief he has in everything. Uh, it's just so good. I Do you not love how he's love just it. not this become is how a, a mustache? He's not become a mustache twiddler. There was there was such yeah. a fit, there was such an easy way out that WWE could have gone down there. Oh, he's a heel now. <laughs> I'm going to bash you all because I'm the evil one. He's not done that. He's just turned yeah. up his reasons. He's turned them up yeah. to a million. And the good thing about it is that yes, he has turned heel, but his reasoning is all still pretty much the same as it was when he was a face. He's just really, really pissed off because it's not quite going the way he expected it to. And all that reasoning is still the same. He's still the same guy. He's just completely flips because things weren't quite going his way. And in this promo, he's outright explained why he's so annoyed that things aren't going his own way because of that whole thing about if I dream something I have to manifest it that's just like how his brain is hardwired and it's uh, it just it all informs the character it all informs the story and it all informs the eventual match and it's just perfect this is pro wrestling and let's spare a thought for Beth Phoenix <laughs> 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 throughout all this every time I look at her Twitter she's just like uh. <laughs> don't know what's happened to him I'm sorry <laughs> Yeah, brilliant stuff. And we'll get to the end of it with Roman Reigns in a bit. Because next up, we had Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville backstage. And it was really weird because they were talking, Adam Pearce was talking to her about the, the triple threat match. And then Sonya Deville basically just said, like, I, I don't know whether they filmed this like it was supposed to go out before the tag team match or whether I just misheard it. Because I'm sure she said, why does Dolph Ziggler and uh, Rude have to defend their titles against three other teams as if it's not happened yet? <laughs> This felt like it should have been on last week's show. Yeah, definitely. And I then feel like she's this like, has been forgotten about. And then she's like, I don't agree with the triple threat either. Uh, has Brian earned his spot? Well, yeah, sure. But WrestleMania should be Edge versus Roman in a singles match. And then she kind of walked off. So it's, I, I, it's been there I, in the background, this, for a while. But they've never yeah. really shone a spotlight on it. And it feels like this is... They've all of a sudden turned it up to 11 in whatever's going on in this without informing how we got there. <laughs> And I'm really, I was just uneasy after seeing that because it was like, I, I, it felt like we're in Jeopardy land again. I was like, are we, are we saying that this, this triple threat could get scrapped now or get changed? Or? Weird. I assume it's... not. I assume they're just going to use it to like eventually Sonya Deville will become sole in charge of SmackDown and Adam Pearce will become sole in charge of Raw or something. Yeah. That's it. This know. felt like it should have been on last week. It would have made a lot more yeah. sense. It doesn't fit into any of the mania builds and what's going on. It just felt out of place. It was, yeah. It didn't really get followed up on in later in the night. It was just there. No, like even the commentators didn't or anything. Very strange. (laughs) I guess we'll have to wait and see. This might be the weird, they always do a big crazy summer storyline arc. So maybe that's this. Um, But yeah, next up we had that backstage segment with Sasha that we talked about earlier. And then... We had Sami Zayn. That's where we were at. <laughs> yes, so, yes, Mr. Zayn. 
Another one of the desperately trying to build a match in the two minutes that you get given on TV. Sami Zayn was at a gym and both Logan and Jake Paul were like boxing in the ring. And Sami Zayn comes in. He's like, hey, guys. They look really confused as to what he's doing there. He's explaining how the documentary is going really great. And he's like, oh, yeah, we're best buds now. Like, I've got my gear in the car. Why don't we just, you know, have a little bit of a spa? And then he goes out to his car to get his gear. When he comes back, the door's locked and the bouncer's like yelling at him saying he can't let him in. Um, and then we cut back to the Thunderdome and Michael Cole's talking about it and Sammy comes in, grabs a headset on commentary and is just yelling at Michael Cole for not showing the full clip, like selective editing, like you didn't show the whole thing. You didn't show Logan Paul apologizing to him and the security guard letting him in afterwards. You didn't show them having breakfast together. Uh, And then the people for the Battle Royale start coming out to the Smackdown music and then we kind of cut back to them and Kevin Owens just attacks Sammy Zayn and then Sammy Zayn runs off to the back. (laughs) Yeah, I, lo- I love this. Again, it's like we've had the build-up to this. Like we, They probably could have done some random little video package and just not had them on the show at this point yeah. because I think the Logan Paul stuff that happened last week was enough to go, ooh, okay, yeah, I'm in this, let's go. But I, I watched that clip, the Logan Paul, Jake Paul thing earlier in the week, and it made me laugh then. It made me laugh again here. It was brilliantly done. Sami Zayn just knows this character so well. It's fantastic. It's, honestly, he can do no wrong. Like They can give him anything and somehow he makes it work. And I don't quite know how, but he's like probably one of the few that can just take turn absolutely anything WWE give him into goal just because of like, it doesn't really matter how ridiculous or how stupid it is. He just buys into it 100% and, uh, and just goes, goes for it. And if you throw yourself into something, you're at least going to make it entertaining, even if it's like dumb. Uh, but yeah, this, the bit in the the clip in the boxing thing was great. His reaction to it of them only showing that bit and not showing him having grapefruits for breakfast. Uh, it's, it's just all really good fun. And yeah, we're yeah. already sold on the match because it's Sami Zayn versus KO, so you didn't really need to do a lot. And I feel like the Kevin Owens line at the end where he's like, see, WrestleMania, that was just him fulfilling the lifelong dream. That, that's all <laughs> yeah, I was just saying. Just him shouting yeah. at his mate saying, I'm going to see you at WrestleMania. I was like, yeah, that's Kevin. That's something they talked about years ago, driving around to tiny little indie shows. <laughs> yeah, that was good. That, that was a feel-good moment for me. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, that was all fine. That was on to quick. And then on to the next thing. And it was the Under the Giant Memorial Battle Royale. And... It was good fun as far as battle royals go. It was it was fine. Um, I always feel weird in these things, and I know you don't have time to give everyone an entrance. But when you just let like twenty seven guys come out to the SmackDown music, and then give like Shinsuke got like a mini bit of an entrance, and then Baron Corbin and Jey Uso got proper entrances, it just makes everyone else feel like absolute goobers. <laughs> like just yeah, give, you put them all in the ring in the same time. Just don't don't make them feel so like just makes them feel like absolutely nothing. <laughs> Yeah, and like how many times has one of the people who didn't get entrance actually won it as well? Yeah, it's, it's you're just mad. like you're just looking Stop at Ricochet and Mr. Farley coming down to the ring, and I'm like, yeah. oh, you poor Sorry, guys. guys. Uh, so I'll just run through all of the eliminations pretty quickly. Akira Tozawa went out super quick, got thrown out by Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin, who were obviously teaming up. Um, and then they threw out Tucker. Welcome back to SmackDown, Tucker. Um, and then everyone turns on them and they both got thrown out by everybody else. And this is what the hurt business has become. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. That's the pain for the sins. Poke them up for this. <laughs> cool. Um, but yeah, anyway, match continued. Uh, Eric from the Viking Raiders got thrown out uh, by... Yeah, where's Elias he been? He just Raider. popped up out of nowhere. Um, then Drew Gulak got thrown out by both Mace and T-Bar, which was really dumb. I mean, we know Retribution's pretty dumb, 
but this is the first time we've seen Retribution in a ring since they broke up at Fastlane. And just this one elimination was really stupid because they had Drew Gulak on the apron, then they lifted him up into a double suplex, walked backwards into the ring, put him down in the ring, and then grabbed his throat and like pushed him over the ropes. That's, that's how I'd eliminate someone, Phil. All right, walk away, get a run up and run at him with my hand. That's, yeah, logical. Uh, but yeah, then Mason Tebow got rid of Humberto Carrillo. Welcome back to TVU as well, I guess. Although they absolutely hurled him out of the ring into Drew Gulak, so it was probably the best of the eliminations. Uh, and then Slapjack got taken out by Elias with like a running knee. And then Elias got taken out by Mason Tebow. Jackson Riker also, like at the same time, got taken out by Mason Tebow. And then Mace and both Mace and Tebow got eliminated by Mustafa Ali. Um, because, of course, uh, Mace just kind of got chucked out and then T-Bar went to chokeslam Mustafa Ali. But he kind of, this was actually really cool, to be fair. He li- like lifted him up for a chokeslam to chokeslam him outside of the ring, but Ali kind of landed on his feet on top of the ropes. Uh, and then, for some reason, Murphy tried to help Ali. I always don't, I never quite understand that in uh, Battle Royale situations. And then Ali kind of did like a leg scissor to get T-Bar out. So it was a pretty cool elimination in terms of the just landing on the top rope stuff. But yeah, that's... That's the first we've seen of retribution since the breakup. And yeah, that's the amount of care yeah. they're putting into that storyline. Then Ali got kneed in the face by Murphy and I thought his head fell off. It was, it was yes. extreme. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so then Kalisto was trying to reunite Lucha House Party. And then they started to do the Lucha thing. And then they both turned on him and got and threw him out. And then as Lince Dorado was kind of celebrating, Grand Metalik threw him out. And then Grand Metalik got thrown out by King Baron Corbin while he was on the edge just going, oh, sorry, it's every man for himself. Um, and then Murphy got thrown out by King Corbin as well. Angel Garza got checked out by Shinsuke Nakamura. Mustafa Ali got thrown out by Ricochet, which was pretty cool as well because they had, like, had a little back and forth and they just worked so well together. And then like Ricochet did like a Hurricane Rana, but he kind of did it on the apron and still managed to stay on the apron but throw Ali to the outside. It was like that one of those spots that you're like, oh, that could go very wrong. Mm. <laughs> uh, so the final four was Ricochet, Jey Uso, Baron Corbin, and Shinsuke Nakamura. Ricochet got taken out pretty quickly by a super kick from Jey Uso. And then uh, Corbin and Jay kind of teamed up for a bit, but then Jay turned on Corbin and super kicked him off to the apron. And then Shinsuke threw Jay to the apron on the other side. And then Shinsuke Nakamura ran back across the ring to knee Baron Corbin out. And as Shin- uh, Shinsuke Nakamura was coming back in to hit like a Kinshasa on Jay Uso, he kind of got ducked, then got super kicked by Jay Uso. And then he does hit the Shin- Kinshasa after that. And Jay kind of goes down for a second. Shinsuke lifts him up, goes to throw him out, but Jay reverses it, and then Jay immediately completely no-sells cells having been hit by a finishing move by Shinsuke Nakamura, which is a little bit harsh. Um, but yeah, that is it. Jay Uso is the Under the Giant Memorial Battle Royal winner. That, like Valiant work there, describing all of that action. That was, was <laughs> a, a lot of flipping and throwing and kicking and yeah, screaming. That was... I completely overlooked the fact that he just no-sold that Kinshasa for the suplex. <laughs> yes. It was like he looked dead as soon as he did it, but then as soon as he threw him out, he just, oh, was absolutely fine again. <laughs> just like, yeah, suplex powers. I was like, oh, Jay. <laughs> but he broke his streak. He, he's now officially he main event Uso again. Main event yeah. Jay Uso. He's and he can talk about this for ages. I like this. I'm fine with this. I think it's the right winner. I think he's deserved it. He's put in some great work um, in what must have been a tough situation when uh, Jimmy went out on injury and he's absolutely knocked it out of the park. So, but yeah. think of the pop, 
Think of the pop that he would have had at WrestleMania. Yeah. It would have been great. Another one. Everyone would have gone by. The whole match was like 10 minutes. You couldn't have just snuck that on somewhere on a pre-show. No, that's like, whatever. It doesn't matter. (sighs) Anyway. But right, the SmackDown, really quick, the SmackDown one, the SmackDown tag title one and this could have gone on night two's pre-show. I get why we're not going to have a pre-show properly for night one. Yeah, it makes sense for night one. But night two, two. it doesn't matter. It's just pointless. Anyway. Roman Reigns was out next, uh, and he, he shook Jey Uso's hand, and he seemed very happy for him for like a split second until he realized that he's actually annoyed with everything in the world because <laughs> he's Roman Reigns. And yeah, it was Roman Reigns' turn to cut a fantastic promo. Again, very different to Daniel Bryan and Edge because his character isn't about passion. It's about, well, of course I'm in the main event. I'm goddamn Roman Reigns. Uh, so he was talking about how he's annoyed that he even has to be here. Like, he doesn't have to sell himself to you, like us people out there. Um, he has, like, other things to worry about. He's in a match where he can lose even if he hasn't been pinned. Uh, so he's just going to state the obvious, really. He's going to win. Because show day, that's, that's the easy day. When you prep for prep at a 12, the 10 comes easy. Really like that line. Um when Roman Reigns shows up, like just WWE is winning in general. He could be like Edge and Bryan and have like one good week, but he does it week after week for over 30 weeks in a row. And it's proved by how much he's changed the ratings for this show. He made the title relevant. Um, and then it all brought him round to the dreamers. Uh, Bryan says he's made him tap out. Like if you did, you would be champ, but you're not and you won't ever be. Edge wants to complete this big comeback. Well, this is where the dream ends. Um, but where his ends, Roman Reigns is like begins. You thought this year was special. Wait until you see what happens next. Dreamers are selfish. Everything's about them. But Roman Reigns is the man with the golden hand. Everything he touches has purpose. He saves careers, right, Paul? I quite like that as well. Um, who gave you the greatest year of your career? Who's like looking at Jimmy Uso as well. Uh, but he ain't going to do it for Brian and Edge. He's going to wreck everyone and he's going to leave. He's going to stand tall above everyone and you're going to see a million dollars of pyro go off and hear the whole world acknowledge him. Uh, yeah, like I say, completely different to the other two, but still incredibly informed by this character in just how much he expects to be in the main event, how he expects to be the champion because he is the head of the table. That's just, he wouldn't need to sell people to go to an event because he's already sold them. Look at him. It's it's just, yeah, completely different and yet utterly fantastic again. It's, let's be honest, if Edge is a Shakespearean villain, like up to that level, Roman Reigns is an MCU villain. All right. Yeah. He's he's that kind of person where you just think he's so damn cool. You know what he's doing is wrong. All right. You know that. You know everything he's saying you shouldn't agree with because he's just a big bad man. He's done a lot of awful things, but he's so cool. And you sort of understand where he's coming from. He's not saying anything that's technically wrong. He's a Thanos. Do yeah. you know what I mean? He's like, he's not, he's not giving you false information. He's giving you hard facts that you just don't want to live up to. You don't want to, you don't want to acknowledge, you know. Do you know what I mean? Like you hey. just it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Everything he said this, yeah, I made this title worth having. Yeah, definitely did that. As soon as he yeah. got that about in August, it's, he's never looked back for 30 weeks straight. He's been the man. Like It was in a swamp before he got his hands on it. <laughs> it was. It was in... God, it was in a swamp. It was. It was. That's where we were at. But like, even outside of this story, Daniel Bryan's had interviews where he said, I'm not being funny. Roman showed up and everything changed. Everything yeah. changed. He came back into that Thunderdome and it just, everyone went, whoa, okay, that's 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 what we can do here? Oh my God. And you see yeah. it, like there's a definite before and after Roman comes back to SmackDown. 
Like, that yeah. I think it's worth acknowledging again, her <laughs> acknowledging that in this moment, just before this big match, because I don't, I don't for a second, I know this is a big claim at this point, but I don't for a second think he's losing that belt at WrestleMania. I can't see it. WWE have been building up to have a Roman Reigns where people are behind, win at WrestleMania and probably not boo substantially. He's keeping that belt. I'm sorry, he's the pet project. But I think we don't get there if he didn't do what he's done. Like, he didn't have that time away. Like, I think things had to get as bad as what they got. I remember sitting there for, for between April and August and just... Oh, ripping out what was left of my hair at that point because it was just oh it was stale if it wasn't for Sasha Banks and Bailey what the hell would we have done for four months like it yeah. was just it was a bad time then he comes back and everyone around him mid card women's divisions tag divisions just suddenly go right we, we can dial up the intensity we can use the camera in a different way we can we can actually somehow play off this virtual audience and just make everything see like the matches that themselves turn into like little performances in terms of like plays. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Like they're walking, not your you know? straight like wrestling match. They are a story and they're unashamedly a story as well. I think we'll start seeing maybe like, like it start easing off a little bit as fans do start to come back because there's yeah. wrestling at the end of the day, we need that live reaction. But I think that's just been a big, like, not a red flag, but a big thing to highlight for people now that that camera's there. Those mics are around that ring. Use them. Because that's how you get your little moments. That's how you get your little memeable WrestleMania moments yeah. where people Look hear you say something. Bailey. Yeah. <laughs> She's used she, it she, to she... completely inform her character and completely re- redevelop herself as this new persona. And she's done it all in the dark age, the like dark ages of no crowd kind of thing. And, and yeah, look, use she's that in. camera and use look. people being able to hear her in a ring. Yeah, and yeah, look what she's in. <laughs> <laughs> she's now got a wrestling. Oh. <laughs> I bet Bailey deserved more. That's, that's yeah. a thing in itself. But you're it's, right. It, it's really interesting. Like you talk about how, like some of, like all three of these guys have had time away from the business, kind of forced upon them, and they've all used it to like think about what they can do when they come back, and they've all develops that character that is 100% what they want to do but in completely different ways like Daniel Bryan was forced away and he came back and like he had the like great little baby face one but then he had like the planet's champion stuff and it's all got to be stuff that you know he's been sat at home going oh I wish I could do that that'd be really good fun uh yeah I've got Roman Reigns he's just come back as this like gangster head of the table I'm better than everybody character that you Billy just know. He's got an infinity goal. <laughs> he does. That he, you know, he's just been sat there at home thinking about how great this could be. And then they've given him a chance with it and he's goddamn run with it. Edge with this whole like redemption story arc of coming back and then the like deep day back into the rated R superstar, but it's not back into the rated R superstar. It's into this new version of Edge that we were just talking about with the passion and the just everything informing his character and how he can bring all that acting stuff into his promos and things. They've all done it in a very different way and it's all culminated into this one match at WrestleMania. And it's just that thing where why can't WWE realize that if you just give these guys the chance, like they want to make things a success. It's not like they want to go out there and not put in the work, not put in the effort, not sell the shows. They want to make it as big as it possibly can be. So that's working with what WWE want. Like, why can't you put these things together, give people opportunities, give people a chance to run with things like this because they pay off in the biggest ways. And this show, this SmackDown, was just a huge example of that. And I just hope there's some way of, like, measuring that in a way that WWE can sit there and look at it and go, right, that's working. Let's use that. Let's keep doing it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I hope there's... 
they, they measure the metrics of the WrestleMania and the way that people react to the matches that have had these people that have been able to properly just be themselves and turn things up to a million. Like the, the Big E Apollo match. Yeah. Like when um when Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair have been able to go back and forth, like little things where they've genuinely resonated with the audience. I hope that comes across at Mania. I hope the fans react to the things that we've been so heavily invested in for so many months now. I hope that happens and they don't yeah. just all go bananas so or Riddle doing a stupid bird thing. Because if that happens, they are going to go, well. Choo-choo when Braun Strowman comes out. <laughs> hey, they want they want Choo-choo Strowman and they want the birds. And Riddle, that, like, if that happens, it's going to be the end of the world. But I, oh, anybody, right, anybody who <laughs> listens to this podcast who's going to be inside Raymond James Stadium, cheer for the people <laughs> You've been actual people, okay? Yeah. Not these two-dimensional cartoons, right? I'm not slamming them as... It's not them again. It's not them as performers. It's the way they're written. Yeah. But that's the only way this gets across to WWE if we cheer the people and make the noise and just... Oh, and just yeah, that, that visual. <laughs> that visual is, a, is the dichotomy of what WWE is, of the both sides of the spectrum. And I know it's ridiculous to the sublime, but the Braun Strowman train and the Matt Riddle kicking his shoes off and birds coming out of them to Daniel Bryan, Edge, Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. This is the difference between what happens when you let WWE writers do it, or probably more importantly, Vince McMahon. Uh, and when you let guys just go out and be themselves. One of them's the Godfather. The other one's, oh, I don't know, Little Nick. An Adam Sandler movie. Yeah, There you go. Boom, <laughs> boom. Boom. Everyone sinks. Yeah, that's what it is. That, that's, that's the difference. They're the levels we're playing at. It's ridiculous. But yeah, that was the WrestleMania at SmackDown that they kept on saying. I still don't quite understand why they just needed to put two matches on there that should have been on WrestleMania. So they called it WrestleMania SmackDown. But some really, really good stuff there on the show and a lot of good takeaways. Go watch on the Edge and Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns promos. If you're not going to watch anything, just go watch them because they're all so good and they will 100% sell you on this show that WWE have been struggling to sell people on with this build. <laughs> Let me tell you, that 21 minutes will be the be- that'll be a better seller than any pre-show. Any yeah. pre-show. That 21 <laughs> minutes through. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for listening. We are gonna be back with so much WrestleMania content over the next few days. There's gonna be podcasts every day. Um, there's gonna be what went down this after straight after the stream. There's gonna be ups and downs on the channel as well. There's also gonna be podcasts that go up straight after each show. And there's live streams as well that you can join in. Uh, Adam Adam Nicholas and Andy Murray. I almost said Adam Murray and, and Andy Nicholas. Uh, are gonna be doing goddamn Adams. <laughs> are gonna be doing the streams for night one. Me and Wilborn are gonna be doing the streams for night two. So come join us and say hello and have a beer with us and watch some wrestling. Why not, eh? Um, and you can follow us. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at FilmMyChambers and you can follow Gareth at GMorgan04. You can follow all of us at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, make sure you go over to Kayfabe News on YouTube as well, youtube.com forward slash Kayfabe News because we've got a story that just broke last night about WrestleMania possibly being cancelled amid allegations of match rigging. And Match yeah. rigging, you say? Match rigging, I say. <laughs> And yeah, what else? Go subscribe on uh, the podcast wherever you listen to the podcast. I've completely lost all steam now. <laughs> iTunes, Spotify, wherever it is. Leave us a five-star review to put a smile on Adam Wilborn's face. But most importantly, enjoy WrestleMania and have yourselves a bloody good day. Choo-choo!